0: Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Wednesday, October 14th of 2020. We want to welcome all of our listeners, wherever you are tuning in from. We want to welcome you and just uh, thank you for being part of this podcast. Uh, Today, we are getting ready to go back into our study in the book of Acts. And I just wanted to uh just mention something that um, as we as I was meditating and hearing a little bit of uh going over what we spoke about yesterday there's a uh, a few crucial things that that were said and and I think they're crucial things because they 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 have a tremendous impact really in the future of of the gospel of taking this gospel and at the beginning of yesterday's um Podcast, brother Marty. You said something that really touched me. You said that because that's what we're studying is Paul uh, in Athens, right? And we're, we're, yeah. we're studying the background. But you said something real powerful. You said Athens was the birthplace of democracy, and I think that's right. very interesting and a very powerful statement you made because that's where Paul would begin his ministry for, to to minister to the Gentiles, and we understand how crucial that was to go to Athens because it is through there that the gospel spread all over Europe and from Europe it came here to the United States of America. And I thought that was very, very, uh, very powerful. Another crucial moment that we read is that it was in Antioch where for the first time the people of God were called Christians. That's powerful. You know, you said it did not happen in Jerusalem. It happened in Antioch. And so all these things has made me reflect it seems like acts as you said yesterday was there was a flow to it but all of a sudden it changed you know something happened and you know and and so i want to just i want to just to say that because uh, i know what we're speaking about uh is powerful this journey of, of paul going to athens so um i'm excited today about the word of god and i know god has some fresh fresh word for us today and today in our panel We have Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us. And as always, it is a privilege and an honor to study the Word of God together. So, Brother Marty, we'll leave it uh, to you right now to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together.
1: Amen. We're uh, continuing with our studies in uh, Paul uh, in Athens. Uh, That's where we started three podcasts ago. We're on part four now. And and in the course of exploring uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, as we as we began to study these things, uh, uh, we we found it necessary, and we believe by the leading of the Spirit, we say humbly, uh, that that we that we go back and and explore um, the circumstances that uh, that brought uh, the Apostle Paul from being uh, a student under Gamaliel to being called a Pharisee of Pharisees to one that persecuted the church the one who was converted and marvelously born again and saved by the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And then uh, basically goes into obscurity for 13 years uh, before he's called out by Barnabas uh, to come to Antioch and assist him in, in preaching to the Gentile church that was being born. And for a year he would spend his time there. And it is, it it's in those 13 years that we begin to explore uh what was going on in in the in the minds of the apostles because they ref, they they failed to to leave Jerusalem uh even after the lord had told them that they were to do so and 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 so it seems that the 13 year period after the after the born again experience of the great apostle paul and his development in obscurity within that 13 year period uh the Lord was trying uh in many ways and we encourage you to go back and listen to the previous three broadcasts to uh on this subject uh to catch up if you're just joining us. But <clears throat> it appears the Lord tried in many ways to uh to, to speak to them and to get them to understand uh what was actually taking place within the uh the development of the church, the early church and and how it was to To be redefined and become the temple of God, not made with stone and wood and bricks and mortar, but literally a living uh, habitation of God through the Holy Spirit within the hearts and lives of both Jew and Gentile, becoming one new church, one new expression. These things all had to be realized and brought forth, and it appears that the apostles failed uh, to, to really grasp that full understanding of what the gospel meant. And, you know, Brother Jeremy, you said something yesterday that stuck with me when you said that that when we're reading the book of Acts, it's it's not just history that we're reading, but it is spirit-led church history as it's recorded. In other words, what you were saying was that what we read in the book of Acts is recorded by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is it is led by the Holy Spirit and so we must approach it with that in mind, that the Holy Spirit recorded the events in the way that he did in order to reveal to us uh, significant truths, uh, which really seem to be uh, replaying themselves in our times. And, and we'll get into that if the Lord inspires us in that direction as we go forward. So today we want to pick it up <clears throat> from, a, from an event that is really bringing to close um, the, the significant ministry of the apostles uh as a result of their failure to branch out from Jerusalem it it brought them to this particular place the church in Antioch had been born they were now labeled as Christians a label that has stuck with us for the for the last 2000 years and uh it was out of that event uh that uh, the next series of events that are mentioned by the by the holy spirit is is something very significant and that is what happened uh, to to James and to Peter. And so I want Brother Jeremy, if he could begin our study today, to, to pick it up from the point where uh, the prophets came to Antioch. They prophesied to the new Gentile church that was burgeoning there that a great economic depression and famine would come upon the whole world. As a result of that prophetic insight that was given by the prophet Agabus, uh, to the to the early church, the burgeoning the church in Antioch, and the church itself took up a great offering and then sent that offering uh, mm-hmm. in obedience to the prophetic word they had received back to Jerusalem uh, at the hands of Barnabas and Saul. And so that's where we'll pick it up. And I'd like you to read uh, chapter 11, verse 29 and 30. And then if you could cross into chapter 12 and read uh, verse 1 through 5 as you continue reading in your flow and then we'll begin our discussion by the grace of God in Jesus' name. Amen, Brother Jerry. Amen. Amen.
0: Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Chapter 12. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church
1: unto God for him. Incredible. Uh, It says in verse 5 there that Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Uh, James had been killed. Uh, by Herod, the brother of, of John the Apostle, and now Peter's in prison. Uh, this is about 13 years after the day of of of, of, uh, of Stephen's martyrdom, maybe 14, 15 years after the day of Pentecost, somewhere in there. <clears throat> and and here we find uh, one of the big three, as I call them, Peter, James, and John. James has been assassinated by Herod and now uh peter himself is cast into prison and in the morning he's going to be brought forth and executed this is where they are they're in jerusalem and it's an extraordinary and incredibly dangerous time for the church the church still hasn't even been you know born yet except in antioch in the way that god wants it to be and that under the ministry of barnabas and paul and so as we were reading here Um, Paul is in Jerusalem when all this is taking place. And so is Barnabas, because we read in verse 30, that brother Jeremy just read, uh, they sent that offering we were talking about by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. And and while they're there, this is going on. What an incredible time uh, we're witnessing here. And like we discussed in our last three podcasts, a very significant failure has been occurring amongst the apostles after the day of Pentecost. They fail to understand the Great Commission. They fail to obey the commandment of the Lord to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. This is some 14, 15 years into it, and they still, the apostles, haven't branched out uh, out of Jerusalem. The struggle to leave Jerusalem, really, as we've been exploring, it, it, it can't be understated. You know, it it it, it wasn't that, that a church wasn't supposed to be present in Jerusalem. The error, in our opinion, was in trying to maintain a centralized system, a headquarters for the church. The danger of this thinking was something that would have, uh, if left unchecked, it, it would have caused the church to remain exclusive to the Jews. And that was not what the Lord had intended. And and it would have caused the church to be absorbed into Judaism. It would have become a sect, absorbed and diluted by the Levitical law. Remember, that became an incredible point of contention in the early church, right? Do we obey the Levitical law and hold to the cross and the resurrection? Or are we free from that? Under the leadership of the apostles, and I know we're touching some sacred cows here, and I hope it challenges your understanding, right? Right. (laughs) You know, uh, but we need to take a a critical look at this so that we can learn from them. We're not denigrating them. We're learning from them. And we're learning because they didn't stay that way. I mean, God perfected his saints. They're the fathers of the church. But that doesn't mean that everything they did was right. And what they did brought incredible danger to the fragility of this beautiful new expression of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in the earth, which was intended to be the church of the living God, made up of both Jew and Gentile. They were failing, miserable in Mm -hmm. this. And by the time we open our scriptures today, the result of 15 years of, of not being able to recognize Uh, that they were failing in their mission and mandate that had been given to them by the Lord. It had brought James into a place where he was assassinated by Herod, and Peter is now sitting in prison. Think of the implications of this. The entire church is hanging in the balance as a result of this. This was the most dangerous thing of all, that the gospel itself would have been absorbed into the Mosaic law. They would have simply just been another sect of Judaism another branch off from the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it was most dangerous of all because it served to nullify really what the Lord accomplished in Calvary and the resurrection. Now remember the driving force behind the earliest days of the church was the apostle Peter. Remember it's him that stood on the day of Pentecost. It's, It's him that organized. It's him that preached. He was the driving force. That's why the first portion of the book of Acts is constantly dealing with Peter because of his leadership. And as we've been studying under Peter's leadership as well as the other apostles, again, the Great Commission wasn't being accomplished. It stayed that way for almost 10 plus years from Pentecost until what we discussed yesterday, which you all who are just joining us, you can go and study it yourself in Acts chapter 10 and 11. Uh, It was the vision of Cornelius the Gentile and the vision that the Lord sent to Peter so that Peter could understand that he was failing to expand the gospel beyond Jerusalem and the Jews. And he needed to understand that a Gentile church was waiting to be born. They were converting Gentiles to Judaism and then adding Jesus into the mix. But the Lord wanted to call the Apostle Paul as a result of this failure uh, to fulfill the great commission to the nations as a result of Peter and the other apostles continually failing to recognize this fact it 's an incredible thing to me, Brother Jeremy, you talked about the residue that remained within them of of judaism and 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 their understanding of how um, the structure of uh, of of god 's people was to be, and so we want to ask today because again all of these things that we're discussing, they pertain to the Apostle Paul because the Holy Spirit found it necessary to, to reach beyond these, these 12 apostles to, and create his own apostle, so to speak. Uh, uh, one that would be created outside the influence of a physically present Jesus Christ in the earth. His apostleship was going to be one on the road to Damascus where the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrected King of glory, would actually appear to him. And from that point on, his apostleship and his instruction would be uh, completely led, guided, and, uh, and ministered to him by the Holy Spirit. And it's an extraordinary thing because it accelerated his development. And his understanding of the New Testament, but we want to ask the question: You know what hindered the apostles in the beginning from from fulfilling this leadership they were called to, which would bring forth the apostle Paul out of necessity for the church that was to be born all over the world. And so, for that, I think we need to look at the beginning and and, and just look at a few things of the church under the leadership of of the apostles apart from from Paul there are some very significant events that we can learn from and and we know that at first that if you think about it at first there was great fruit which was being born in Jerusalem as we've looked in in the book of acts it was on the day of pentecost that that the holy spirit arrived the bible describes it as in acts chapter 2 verse 4 is, the sound of a mighty rushing wind, right? It came into Jerusalem and it filled the house where they had been waiting for the Holy Spirit. And what we're told in, in Acts chapter 2 is that at that point, uh, it created such a stir in Jerusalem who, uh, because they, there was people from all over, Jews from all over who had gathered in Jerusalem for the, for the Feast of, of Shavuot or Pentecost. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit comes down and, and fills them and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. In other words, they spoke in the languages of the countries where the Jews had come from and the and the testimony is they heard they heard God being glorified in their own language. It was at that moment uh that the apostle Peter stands up and Brother Jeremy, let's take a look at that in in Acts chapter two uh let's read verse forty one through forty seven would you so we can see some things here forty one through forty seven yes Then they, that gladly
0: received his word, were baptized. And the same day, they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man that as every man had need and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favour with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as
1: such as should be saved. Amen. So that's that's a lot there, but again, what we're reading is after Peter gives his great sermon on the day of Pentecost. And then the fruit of that sermon is in verse forty one, what brother Jeremy just just wrote, is three thousand people. <laughs> that's amazing. Three thousand people yeah. got born again, right? So instantly, the church is born. But what we're asking is what hindered them? What hindered them from fulfilling the Great Commission? And I think we can begin to see it right away. Because what we're looking at, brothers and sisters, is the complexities of spiritual warfare. And as we talked about the other day, uh, you know, we're not talking about You know, I hate using the phrase, but, you know, it's true. It's the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's usually where we think the devil hangs out. But if you have eyes to see, right from the beginning, the enemy begins to weave his uh, his subtlety in that what he is going to attempt to do is to hinder this church from spreading throughout the whole world. And and right at the beginning, what appears to be a great thing, and it was, three thousand people were were born again. The Holy Spirit has has something that that can alert us to something, and that's the forty second verse. Can you read the forty second verse, Brother Jeremy?
0: And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking
1: of bread and in prayers. Now that all sounds really great, but there's one thing that that, that is listed at, at the top of the list there in verse 42, and that's our attention is drawn to the apostles' doctrine. So what we are being told is immediately a church is born in Jerusalem. They have become the witnesses in Jerusalem that Jesus said they would be after the Holy Spirit comes upon them then our attention is turned to the apostles' doctrine, that is, what they were teaching. And we know as we go along in the historical account here that, that what they were teaching was only a partial gospel because for the next 13, 14, 15 years, uh, there is no full gospel being preached to the whole world. There's a gospel that is centered and focused on the Jewish people only, and that is not Mm -hmm. what the Lord had commanded. And so right from the beginning, we see that the doctrine wasn't complete, and the Holy Spirit draws our attention to it. And now we know that the miraculous is taking place. In other words, the doctrine, it's the doctrine that pointed to Christ Jesus, but remember, it failed to communicate, obviously, that the gospel was for all the nations. Now, take a look at verse 44 and 45, because, again, we're alerted to something. We're asking the question, what hindered them? What kept them from fulfilling the Great Commission? What happens in verse 44 and 45? Read that to us, Brother Jeremy. And all that believed were
0: together and, and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need.
1: So look what begins to happen right away. They begin to have, uh, you know, these programs created, right? I mean, people start selling their stuff and and, and somebody had to hold the money. Somebody's distributing, you know, we already see a move towards organization. And organization in Jerusalem is already going to begin the very thing that's already digging roots. There's, you know, it, it it sounds really good here. Everybody that believes, you know, they, brother, I love you. So here, here's my coat, you know, <laughs> you need some money, man, you know, but then it, it, it blossoms into this, they begin to sell their stuff. They sell their possessions and then they begin to, to distribute them as everybody has need. We're looking at the first, you know, credit union. <laughs> you <want> to <laughs> they're already beginning to organize man and uh and, and and again we're asking the question what where's the seeds of this hindrance taking place again our attention is drawn to a centralized location because that's what begins to happen right away in verse 46 what does it say brother
0: and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart.
1: Notice how they didn't fully understand what church was. What seems to be just some innocuous statement here, already what's being alerted to us is is where they're centralizing, where they're focusing their attention. They're becoming centralized because it says they continue daily in, in unity, where. In the temple. Mm -hmm. So now already they're they're congregating in a central location. They're fellowshipping house to house, and they're happy. Verse 47, they have favor. The Lord is adding to the church daily as many as as should should be saved. When you have this kind of a situation and this kind of level of fruitfulness, you're already seeing the seeds of organization take place a central location for for corporate worship uh is being uh is being enacted in the temple and people are getting saved so just ask a human question it would be very difficult at this point to just leave (laughs) and go somewhere else (laughs) because everything's Mm -hmm. happening right here Right? Don't you right? Don't you think?
0: I, I I think the the somebody who may be listening may may think, what are you talking about? Right? How, how is this wrong? But if you if you look at it, and, and the way and the way the Holy Spirit is showing it to us, it, it's the very same blueprint of megachurches today. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's an invitation to join. Right, a family where you do everything you come from members classes you go there for ministry you go there for church you know what i mean and it just stays amongst them it's it's you're like giving the the blueprint of of how that's why people say well, what's wrong with that you miss the point of what god intended it to be it became ours right you know, yeah our ministry mm-hmm. our, you know what i'm saying and, and feeding and it's, I don't know that's the way I'm seeing it as as you're as you're saying it. it's almost like it's the blueprint of of how mega churches work you know they you well, know every different. mega church has has their uh five uh what do you call it you know where where they feed the poor you know yeah. yeah yeah but but you know what I mean in an organization where they feed the poor so it looks good they're feeding the community right. But yeah. it never goes beyond that. And that's why That's we're in the problem we're in today in the church. They don't know what to do because all they've known is church. All they've known, you know, we have to redefine what it is. Because yeah. we've forgotten the simplicity of just opening up the word of God, challenging the people, teaching the people to go out, <laughs> you know, and preach the gospel. But that's Amen. what I'm no, that's... thinking.
1: That's right. No, that's good. And and again, that's based on we're, we're talking about Paul, because remember, Paul was here during these these events. Paul was here. He was being schooled in in Gamaliel's school. He he frequented the temple. He would have been very familiar with everything that's going on right now. And and what begins to happen now is is the Holy Spirit draws our attention to a miracle that takes place in chapter three. Again, they're they're still hanging out. There's no uh, – what's the word? There's no indication that by the time we get to chapter 3 that they have anywhere within their minds the idea that they need to go anywhere else but Jerusalem. They haven't gone to, to Judea. They haven't gone to Samaria. And they definitely haven't reached beyond to the uttermost parts of the earth to preach the gospel to all nations and make disciples of all nations. That's not even in their mind. I mean, why would it be? I mean, you've got 3,000 people born again on your first sermon, and you're going to pick up and leave? <laughs> that ain't going to happen for <laughs> just human beings. <laughs> but it affected them. And then we see them preaching a doctrine, the apostles' doctrine, but obviously it wasn't a doctrine that, that promoted an evangelistic outreach that has been has been commanded by the Lord. And then they end up because of that and, and the church is growing instead of expanding outward from this central location, they now are beginning to create a a a welfare state where people are selling their stuff and, and, and now we've got money flowing and uh you know they're they're bearing fruit but they're staying right where they are. And by the time we get to chapter three, all of a sudden what seems to be good things which are like the healing of this man because that's what happened. There was a a, a lame man who was who was at the gate, beautiful as they call it. And you guys can read it later. We ain't got time to get into all this You if you are listening, but you can in your own studies. Look at this. But Peter and and and, and John go into the temple to go pray, and they end up healing a man in the name of Jesus. That miracle brought heat down upon them. And 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 the heat got the attention of the high priest because this man who had obviously been lame from his his mother's womb, I believe it was. Let's see. Uh, Yeah. Can you read verse two, one and two, Brother Jeremy? Of chapter three. Now, Peter
0: and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple.
1: Now, several months have passed by this time. A lot of times we'll read the book of, of Acts and, and, uh, and we think it's just, you know, one day after the other. No, several months have passed by this point, and they're still in Jerusalem. And now they're they're just they're just hanging, man. I mean, they're just there, and and they're on their way into the temple, and they see a man who's been lame from his mother's womb, laying there, uh, who was begging for money for the people going into the temple, and and a great miracle would take place, in the name of Jesus, they would heal him, and it and the man would go into the temple, into the court of the temple, and leaping and praising God, and a big stir took place. But what this did was was bring the heat down of the ruling leadership, and and <laughs> and as a result of that, uh, they're they're called before the high priest. Can you read that to us, brother? Uh, in verse four through six, why don't we read that? And Peter, chapter, fast- uh, I'm sorry, of chapter four. Oh, chapter four, mm-hmm. verse four through six.
0: Yes. Okay. How be it, many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and and, uh, Caiaphas and John Mm -hmm. and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together At Jerusalem
1: and and so (laughs) this is an incredible thing because another 5,000 people got born again because of this miracle now we have at least as by recorded by the Holy Spirit 8,000 people have been born again and we know it's more than that because it said they were adding to the church daily but these were two significant events that took place one was as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit 3,000 got born again and then the second thing is this great miracle, and another five thousand get born again. But now it catches the attention of the high priest, both of them, Annas and Caiaphas, and and the elders, and they gather together to try and put a stop to this. And what they end up doing is 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 uh, persecuting John and Peter, and and it brings us to this point because what we now begin to see now remember they're they're bearing fruit yes but they're not expanding into Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. They should have been doing that by now. They should have been, uh, and there's no record of them even having a thought of doing that. And so as the Holy spirit uh, begins to move in, in the ways that he does, he begins to allow uh, this persecution to begin to start to happen and, and in hopes uh, that'll it'll in my opinion uh, that that it will it will begin to cause them to understand that they need not only to be in Jerusalem that that threats are now beginning to rise. Now take this check this out. Read that to us in chapter four, verse sixteen and seventeen. Look look what the high priest and them do. Saying, what shall we do to these men?
0: For that indeed a notable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it, but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no
1: man in his name. Incredible. So now they're beginning to be threatened, right? A threat is beginning to grow. And and, and what's happening here is it's not really being discerned by them it it's it's if you if you can see what's actually hindering them is the success of their ministry and 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 we and we can't you know lay this heavy trip on them you know too heavy because I can't imagine what it would be like in just less than a year uh <laughs> when it's just you and your brothers and the holy Spirit falls, and now you've got over nine thousand people uh you know, being saved in your ministry, man, and plus others that aren't numbered, right? I mean it's an incredible thing. And now you've got money flowing, you've got people selling stuff, you've got, you know, you're you're all congregating at the temple, uh you've got miracles happening. But yet that wasn't the end all. Somewhere in there they 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 continued not to recognize That because we're not talking a week or two here, we're talking about almost a year later now. They're still there, and there's no indication that there's even an attempt or even a, a, you know, an idea or a conference to talk about it. You know, I mean, they're they're there, and they're entrenched in Jerusalem, and they are not obeying the commandment of the Lord. And now, the Holy Spirit allows a threat to come to them, a threat from the leading. Uh, you know, rulers of, of the day, and uh, and and it, what seems to be good things happening actually is 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 moving upon them and actually causing them to be entrenched even deeper uh, into yeah. these things. Now, now look, they get threatened by by the by the high priest in there, and 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 they basically uh, you know tell them we're going to do whatever God tells us to do which is kind of funny because they weren't. And and then they go back and they have this prayer meeting and the Holy Ghost shakes, shakes the building where they are and the word of God, uh, they begin to preach to each other. Now, I want you to read to us, Brother Jeremy, uh, chapter 4, verse 32 through 37, would you? And we'll discuss that a little bit. Yes. And the multitude of them that believed,
0: were of one heart and of one soul neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own but they all had all things common and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the lord jesus and great grace was upon them all neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of Consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you if you can see what's happening here, but it's getting worse. You know what seems to be a good thing now, it, it's becoming worse because what's happening is that now they're selling lands and and possessions at an even greater level. And they're bringing them, and it says in verse 35, uh, they're laying it down at the apostles' feet. And now a distribution program is well underway. How are you going to leave from here now? You're creating all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, you've got all kinds of responsibilities now. And it, and the root of it is money. You know, money's flowing, man. Ah. Uh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> And now you're not you're not an evangelist going into Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the, wor- of the world. Now you're a welfare state. Now you're the apostle of the distribution. You're the first church of the distribution. <laughs> Instead of, <laughs> and and that's why I think it's key in verse 36 that somebody suddenly appears. Who who appears in verse 36, brother jo- uh, Jeremy?
0: Uh. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of Consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus.
1: Barnabas appears. And now we know, because we have the benefit of hindsight, the Holy Spirit brings him to the forefront exactly when these things are becoming even more entrenched and more uh, centralized, our attention is, is drawn briefly to a man named Barnabas. And we know that it's going to be Barnabas in, in in the coming years that's going to be sent to Antioch. And also it will be him that brings the Apostle Paul forward and and, and, and their ministries will begin together. So there's a little hint here by the Spirit that, that okay, it's almost like a, a tiny little counter move by the Spirit, because what the enemy is doing right now is through is through success and miracles and 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 what appears to be great fruitfulness and it was they're now creating an even more entrenched centralized church that hasn't gone beyond Jerusalem. It's still there, and it's getting worse <laughs> it's getting more. <laughs> Centralized man that's why we were asking yesterday what happened to all the money right by the time they get to Antioch and the prophets come and they say look there's going to be this great economic depression and this great famine we know that the brethren here in Jerusalem were broke what happened to all that money it all dried Mm -hmm. up right because it wasn't what it was supposed to be but what we're beginning to see here and don't lose sight of this is they're getting further and further away from their mandate. Because what we're asking the question is is what brought the Apostle Paul into into being to begin with. It was out of necessity. Of course, it was always the intention of the Lord. But yet we learn from these things what caused it to be. Who knows if it could have been any other way had they actually obeyed the commandment of the Lord to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Understand, brothers and sisters, you and I, the Gentiles, we were we were dying and going to hell. Because they hadn't gone out into the world to preach the gospel. And so mm. if you can if you can see it here in verse 36, there's a subtle little reference to Barnabas. Now check this out.
0: In verse 37. But Marty, I think, I think it's, it's powerful too because uh, Barnabas was not just a distinguished uh, teacher, right? But he was also yeah. a prophet. That's what we read yesterday in chapter thirteen. When we read that in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers and Barnabas is mentioned. So I think uh, you're right. It's not a coincidence that his name is there, because what happens whenever things are not in order in the church, right? (laughs) God always sends a prophet, right? A man of God, you know, a teacher to teach these things. So the the coming of Barnabas is not just something subtle, you know. It's something. It's it's something that is. of great value he is not just yeah. a distinguished teacher but also a prophet
1: yeah because and 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 i think that that's important what you just said there because we're being told that, that that many in verse 34 who possessed lands and houses sold it and brought the price of those things to the apostles and laid them at their feet none of them are by are are, are identified by name until verse 36 mm-hmm. the holy spirit chooses to identify barnabas specifically Because I think what he's telling us is this is getting way out of hand, but I'm still in control. I am going to have my will accomplished in the earth. And I think he interjects the name of Barnabas there. We have the benefit of hindsight to know that he became an integral and key part to bringing the gospel to the rest of the world. It's incredible. So so look what happens here. The apostles are now becoming bankers, right? (laughs) They're bankers. But something happens. Can you read to us chapter 5, verse 1 through 5?
0: Yes. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, Sapphira his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan, filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thy own? And after it was sold, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things.
1: All right. Let's take a look at this from a, from a, from a completely different lens, but based on what we are laying forth as the reasons uh, that they were hindered and the fruit of it. We know that early on they they, they had great success, 3,000 were born again. But right away, the spiritual warfare involved in that manifested itself in the benevolent joy that flowed out of the early converts and their desire to sell everything and begin a welfare state. They began to <laughs> – they just, they just began to just like create this distribution program early on. But then they it, it, it gets to another level in chapter 3 while they're still hanging out about a year later, there's no indication that there's any intent or even discussion that we need to go into Judea, into Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. They're still there. And, and a miracle takes place, the healing of the man who was laid daily at the gate, which brought down the heat of the establishment on them. So for the first time within the first year or so now, the heat starts to come down and they're threatened by the high council to stop what they're doing but they didn't really discern it they simply re- responded to it as as if it was a persecution that was coming upon them because of their obedience and while they were being obedient to be witnesses unto Christ they were in disobedience to the original mandate and command of Jesus before he went back to heaven which stated that once you receive the Holy Spirit, yes, you'll be witnesses here in Jerusalem, but there's a whole world that's, that, that needs to be saved. Interject the spiritual warfare component into this, and we begin to see why these little subtle events that the Holy Spirit draws our attention to are cautionary to us, because what it did was cause them to centralize the, the early church into one location, and they continued to create systems of men, and they began to become uh, you know, preeminent as, as, as the anointing on their life was bringing them to a higher level, level of recognition within the community that existed in Jerusalem itself. And all the while, it's getting more and more entrenched and preventing them even from having the, the thought that they need to go beyond where they're at. And so what ends up happening now is that this this incredible miracle produces even more people that got born again, but the result of that is that now they're going out and 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 listing their houses on the open real estate market. So we know time's going by, right? And they they failed to interject themselves into that. The, that is the leadership, the apostles to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, <laughs> you know, uh, don't bring the money to me, you know, you go and take it and use it as your, your whatever you need it for to help the poor, to feed the whatever. But instead, this, this, again, the devil always works through money, man. All you got to do is look at the modern day preacher. I mean, they raise money for, you know, to add two or three jets to their collection. You know, money will distort. And that's what seemed to be happening. Verse 35 says they lay down at the Apostle's feet. And then verse 36, right there, the Holy Spirit says, okay, I'm going to bring Barnabas to the forefront. Because we know, looking back in history, he became the catalyst which would cause the Apostle Paul to be brought at the appropriate time uh, into that perfect will of God and fulfill the commission that had originally been given to the original 12 uh, back in the day. But what we see now happening can easily pass by us and not recognize the heat's even being turned up more. Why? Because two people die. We got two people dying here (laughs) in chapter five. And and I know this has been preached in the day. Oh, you lied to the Holy Ghost, all that. Yes, absolutely. Don't want to get into all that. But let's look at it from a different perspective. Consider that the climate of the early church now because it had it is not branching out it is not doing what jesus said but it's successful A climate now it, it has evolved precisely because they were becoming establishment types people begin to jockey for position that's what ananias and Sapphira's their their whole offering was all about they wanted to be celebrated as people that were part of, you know, bringing, bringing offerings to the church, you know what I mean? (laughs) And, And had they been obeying the Lord, that kind of a climate that would have been a temptation to an Ananias and Sapphira's kind of people would have never been able to flourish. But now it's flourishing. You're creating an establishment religion. You're creating prominence within the structure of the early church, and now the egos of men are coming out, and this is an incredibly dangerous thing, and two people die. It's not really easily discerned, but it should have given them pause. Say, wait a minute. This is getting very serious. They've been threatened. Now we have this institutional program emerging emerging you've got people selling possessions and that that frenetic joy crossed over somewhere into the flesh in that ananias and survivors wanted to be part of it and and so we we've seen it in the in the church man i mean just walk into any successful so-called successful uh you know mega church or or conference and you'll always see the front row, you know, roped off for the uh, important people in complete disobedience to the scripture, by the way. But they always put the people with the money up front in the best seats. Isn't that the case? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just saying the Holy Spirit is giving them indications. This ain't working. You got two people dead in your ministry. and 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 i want to ask the question would that have even happened had mm-hmm. almost a year and a half two years later you had already been gone and 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 gone out and and done what the lord had told you this this you're not bankers man but they're bringing all this money and laying it at your feet something's really off here and now we got death occurring something to think about remember
2: it was, uh, brother Marty. Yeah. It, was, it was turning into uh, an Eli, Hoffney and Phineas kind of ministry, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah,
1: um, we got <laughs> we got offerings all up in here, right?
2: <laughs> correct, correct. And and, and Hophni and Phineas are are taken from the offerings, right? And and they end up dying, right, mm-hmm. uh, because of of their disobedience and sin um so we, we see that the church is stagnant here uh it, it's almost like the holy spirit is trying to get them to move it's trying to yeah. get them to 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 go out you know go to that next phase that next level you know you, you do your job in jerusalem now let's go to judea now let's go to samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world um but things are taking place, that you have this, this establishing of a of a welfare kind of system, right? Uh uh where where they're help it seems good, right? In in, in yeah. the eyes of everybody. And even some even believers who read the scripture, they look at that and say, Well that's that's awesome. The church was helping each other but there was something much bigger uh uh that that the Lord wanted to take place. You know, the larger picture is they needed to continue to uh, to move forward, to transition. Um, and all these religious things that they're doing seem good to the untrained eye, yeah. but we see, we see the events that follow. Uh, we see, we see who the Lord begins to use and who the, the characters that he begins to focus on. Uh, Barnabas, right. And then the apostle Paul, um, these are men that the Lord will then use to kind of, uh, you know, kick the church in Jerusalem to kind of wake up, <laughs> yes. so to speak, right? Yeah. And and yes. so so if we can see it, it's 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 quite quite interesting.
0: Now, this, now
2: oh, go ahead. I to say this
0: particular event of Ananias and Sapphira's, remember, it stands right before the event that took place with Stephen. So I think it's a very critical one because in many ways they had grieved the holy spirit for the bible says that they lied you know they lied to the holy ghost but you know it wasn't the money it wasn't the possession is that they lied to the holy spirit and i think uh in this particular incident we're seeing the inner workings how it was beginning to have begun to affect amongst the brethren right causing Mm -hmm. you know who 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 was better who gave more you know uh you see the simplicity of it uh a chapter before the last verse where it talks about barnabas how he did it right which is, that's the way we're supposed to be done but then we see now this particular example it was more right. than just hiding back the price is that they lied to the holy ghost and this is it kind of it went there to the to the height of it right because for many years we're taught like man they were so powerful they couldn't lie to the holy spirit but but really what, what we're saying, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, is the Holy Spirit, we're giving another view of how the Holy Spirit is seeing this. This was a, a, a bad, this is revealing what's really was going on within the body of Christ with this situation.
1: Well, that's it right there. And that's what we were talking about, is that the the failure at this point, again, possibly close to two years after the day of Pentecost. uh to, to go out as the Lord had told them to, they've become a centralized location. They're still meeting in the temple. Uh, great things are happening, yes, but again, as we discussed, they're in rebellion—not an open rebellion, an ignorant rebellion. They're caught up in the swirl of the success of it all. Yes, they've been threatened a, a couple months before by the by the Pharisees, but but they viewed it as as a badge of honor. They had no idea what was headed their way. And as a result of that, <clears throat> we see this great miracle and further success. But what begins to happen is they're becoming institutionalized now. You're going to need somebody to guard the money, right? You're going and, and they're bringing it to you. You know, these are temptations of the enemy. And not only that, we have Peter here testifying in verse three of chapter five that Satan himself—he didn't say a, you know a demon or you know, some crazy thought you had, Ananias. He said, Satan has filled your heart. Well, hello, you've created an atmosphere within the congregation where all this money's flowing. Jesus one time stood at the treasury and said, you know, all these rich people were sounding, you know, big horns before them as they're dropping their offerings. And he took note of the woman who had two mites, remember? But it was at the money where where this whole display was taking place. And, And then the same's now taking place with them. All this money's flowing. And and Ananias and Spira wanted to get in on it. Their greed was exposed. But the point is, is that a climate was now existing within the early church already where position, Mm -hmm. prestige, honor, and all the things about ego that drive men are now flourishing within their ministry. And it caused death to come into the church.
2: It's incredible. Yeah, and I I think, Brother Marty, I think, Brother Marty, uh, comfort and relaxation and lead to compromise um and that's and that's what we're we're seeing here you know i mean the lord's dealing with the church and they're dropping money at the feet of the apostles you have the people that are that that have a a a, a laborer's working heart you know and and so forth yeah. and so on and and you have no um, you know, you, you don't, you don't, you know, you're not getting persecuted anymore. So the it, it, this comfort and, and this relaxed kind of state leads to, uh, a compromise of sorts. And, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I look around. I like, you know, why do we got to go anywhere else? Let's just stay here and build here. <laughs> right. Let's create a hub. Let's create yeah. a hub. Right. Let's, 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 let's chill here. Let's relax. You know, yes. you know, we're unbothered and we're doing what we're doing. And again, I think in part it has to do with their uh, ignorance or uh, not understanding uh, the, the 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 teachings of Jesus as it regards the Gentiles. It was still yeah. a nationalistic view, um, so they they wouldn't dare go outside of of their country, you know, and and, and they're just you know, preaching this the gospel to Jews, right? And so forth and so on. Um, yeah. so there's a lot of things that we're talking about here that 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 the Holy Spirit is showing us that that are yeah. uh flaws uh in 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 what the disciples did. Um, you know, uh, I I think it was uh James that headed the church in Jerusalem, right? And Peter was also one of the um the yeah. main main leaders there. Uh, so we're seeing what's taking place here, you know, and, yeah. and it, it's—I think it's fascinating and incredible to to see it uh, the way we're we're seeing, as the Holy Spirit is, right. is showing us. Because I, I again, these are sacred cows that we're bumping into, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like how well, yeah. dare you? How dare yeah. you? But no, that's exactly what the Scripture is telling us. They yeah, they they stagnant, They 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 built a ministry in Jerusalem. And that was not the command of the Lord whatsoever. No. It wasn't. Right? <laughs> no.
1: And and, and again, no. these are really subtle things that the Holy Spirit is, is showing, but they're there. And we have to look at them from the position of, of of the way that he reveals them. Because that brings us to the next thing that what I wanted you to read, Brother Jeremy, which is uh could you read uh verse eleven through thirteen? And we'll and of, look at chapter, what happened. of chapter of five, yes, yeah. five. Okay, and great fear came upon
0: all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hand of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Verse thirteen, yes, yeah. okay, and of the thirst, excuse me. And of the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them.
1: All right. Now, again, we're going to make even more people mad here. But look at what the Spirit of God is revealing in the way that he writes. Now, we know he brings our attention subtly in verse 36 of chapter 4 that Barnabas makes an appearance. The only one that's named out of all the people that sold lands and houses and so forth and so on. Other than Ananias and Sapphira, but the fact that he mentions Barnabas, we know with the benefit of hindsight and retrospect and being able to read what would happen, how integral a part Barnabas was going to play, and it's almost as if—and I think it's so—that the Holy Spirit had Luke recorded in that way, because it's it's these precise events that necessitated the appearance of Barnabas, who would be a key factor in bringing out Paul, and in establishing the church first and foremost amongst the Gentiles in Antioch years later. So here we are about two years into it. Now, they're settling down. They're becoming establishment types. Their central location yet remains Jerusalem. There's no indication that they're about to obey the Lord or even talk about going into other parts of the world. They've become bankers-in-chief, so to speak. People are selling stuff, listing it on the open market, bringing the money to their feet. They're creating a welfare state. Now they're responsible for distributing the money, and it's creating a climate of, of frenetic uh, <clears throat> joy that's of the flesh, because it it caused a couple by the name of Ananias and Sapphira to want to get in on it. There must have been great joy every time someone laid down the money at the apostle's feet. It, 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 it caused them to, hey, well, let's go sell something. We want part of this, man. And when they did this, Peter says, hey, it's the devil that's inside of you. Well... <laughs> you know, you guys have been here for two years and and did it even dawn on you that you're, you're not doing what God said, which created an opportunity for the devil to take someone weak like Ananias and Sapphira and use their own weaknesses uh, to bring death into the church.
2: <laughs>
1: and we know that this is something the Holy Spirit points our attention to because of verse 11, what, what Brother Jeremy just read, and great fear came upon all the church, and upon many as heard these things. We're not talking about reverential fear here. We're talking about fear. And we know from the scriptures that that fear has torment. That's why the Holy Spirit adds there, as many as heard these things, differentiating from the church. So what we see now flowing is is, is, is a component of the devil, which is fear. Right? Perfect love casteth out fear. And and Paul went on when he told Timothy one time, which is another insight where he says that uh that God has not given us what? The spirit of what? Of fear. Yeah. Right? Yes. But of love and of power and of a sound mind. But that's not what we now begin to see flowing in the church as a result of this Ananias and Sapphira event. We have fear unleashed in the church and in the unbelievers as well, amongst the Jews. A spirit was unrele- uh, was was released here. Psychological distress has come.
2: <laughs>
1: now check this out. Mm-hmm. So now what we see happening is yet yeah, the anointing is still flowing though, right? Because by the hands mm-hmm. of the apostles, verse twelve. There's many signs and wonders that are wrought among the people. But then check this subtle thing out that the Holy Spirit points out. And they are all in one accord now in Solomon's porch. What's happening here, brothers, it, to the Gentile mind, we're, we, unless you're a student of, of history here, you don't realize what the Holy Spirit is saying here. So not only now is the spirit of fear been unleashed in the church and in the general population of the city, But now we see prestige coming as a result of the anointing. And what seems to be just a simple, innocuous statement about Solomon's porch is quite the contrary. Because understand that Solomon's porch is where all the big-time preachers of their day used to gather in the central location of Jerusalem in the temple. That's where the big rabbis would sit every single day. And they would have their students around them. And they would teach the Word of God. Well, the prestige has reached such a point now, and 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 of course it would, based on all the things we've been reading about thousands and thousands getting born again, all this money flow. I mean, all this stuff's happening, miracles are happening. Now they take their seat of prestige in Solomon's porch. They put themselves forward and they begin to become elite. Cause look what happens in verse 13. Can you read that to in verse 13, brother? And of the rest, durst no man join himself
0: to them, for to them, but the people magnified them.
1: Check that out. This is this is now the work of the enemy, because we have uh, the the rest didn't join to them. He, he's talking about the other disciples, the other apostles. Prestige had come to Peter. Prestige had come to John as a, re- a result of that miracle. But now they're sitting in Solomon's porch, and no one feels uh, capable of sitting with them and teaching as well. No one joined themselves to them. But look at the result of this now that is occurring is not that Jesus is magnified. It says that the people magnified them. Right? Mm -hmm. So we see a shift from only Jesus to now the people are magnifying them and they have become separated even from their own brethren in that no man joined themselves to them in Solomon's courts. And look at how crazy this gets. Read <laughs> read verse 14 and 15.
2: And well, believers. That's, that's, Brother Marty, ahead, but, yeah. I mean, that that's a huge statement. I mean, you know, It says, but the people magnified them. Yes. Remember this, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't just, you know, inspire people to write words just so he can sound poetic and tell you a story. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? The Holy Spirit has, uh, inspires men to write the words that he intends for you to understand and listen to. This is huge. I mean, because mm-hmm. this is a very dangerous what's taking place. The people are <laughs> the people are now looking at the apostles and magnifying them. Wow. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. I don't want to pass by that. I think I think the Holy Spirit wants to really highlight what what the Scripture is saying here. So, because it it it, it 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 literally. Confirms and validates everything we've been saying leading up to this.
1: I think so. This
2: is where this is where it was headed, and, and, and this is a danger, right? Yeah. Again, <laughs> yeah. it, it all it all has to do with them not being compliant or whatever it was that was taking place. But they became stagnant. They 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 got comfortable and relaxed in, in Jerusalem. This this whole religious climate uh, is created. And now they're the center of this you know uh, of the people, and they're being magnified, yes Incredible. I bring that out brother yeah
1: uh, that's, wow. that's exactly right and 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 that's why the Holy Spirit wrote that the people magnified them. This is how we know this is how we know that they were failing. But it it was a progressive failure, right? As we've been going through the scriptures this morning, what we're seeing is a progressive failure. And we were talking about things. If you can hear what we're saying, we're talking about spiritual warfare at a very, very high level here. Because what is not easily discerned is 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 the behind the shadows working of the enemy in in, in moving amongst these events to, to create such a situation that the the culminating statement now by the time we get to chapter 5 verse 13 is the focus is now completely on them and not jesus incredible and look how crazy it gets brother jeremy read verse 5 verse chapter 5 verse 14 and 15
0: 14 15 and believers were the more added to the lord Multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the at that at the least the shadow of Peter's passing by might
1: overshadow some of them.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: We've always <laughs> we've always read this as like some really awesome holy thing, and God forgive me. I'm not trying to be, you know, in any way uh, irreverent here. But come on, somebody. They didn't even lay people in the streets when Jesus walked by, hoping his shadow would touch them when Jesus walked the earth. But the last statement we have before this is that, before this is that everybody's freaking out and afraid because of what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, both believer and non-believer. Then you've got them being promenaded or, or pushed to a prominent position in Solomon's porch, even separating themselves from their brethren. Peter's the central focus of this. Remember, we started today's study. The fruit of all this is going to end up with Peter in jail and James dead at the hand of Herod. That's where this was headed. It's the conclusion of it, right? I mean, he ends up, he ends up in prison, and 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 on the eve of his execution, which we'll get to hopefully in a second. But here we have, and, and I don't mean to shout here, when I have to ask the question in verse 14, believers are being more added to the Lord, is it because of they're afraid? Is it because, <laughs> I mean, they're afraid? That's what we were just told in verse 11. Uh, I better come and serve this Jesus because, man, he kills people. <laughs> and I don't want to. Miracles. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, but then what I'm saying is, look at how extreme this got. It doesn't say all the apostles. It just says Peter and his shadow. That's what they thought. That's insane. Because we know in chapter three, all he does is say in the name of Jesus, right? Rise up and walk. Where in the world did they get the idea that he was so awesome? that his shadow passing by is going to heal him. Ah uh, see, see. We I've heard preachers preach from that. Oh, you know, the anointing was so odd. Awesome. Oh, man. Were the
2: apostles is, uh, turning charismatic here or what? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> I think it's wrong. Because
2: yeah. it doesn't you know say what? that
1: anyone, it doesn't say that anybody got healed, does it? Yeah. It doesn't, does it? It says, in so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets, they laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. mm -hmm. And do what? (laughs) I mean, come on. Uh, Okay. So we know this isn't right. Because now look at what's happening. The enemy turns ramps up the disobedience or the opportunity for disobedience even more in the next statement that's made in verse sixteen. Can you read that in verse sixteen, Brother Jeremy?
0: Yeah. You know, brother, before I read it, I just wanted to say something, and this is me just being pastoral about what I'm learning too. Because also what I'm learning is in every event that we are reading, the person that's key and mentioned is Peter, 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 right?
1: Yes, and
0: we are we are um also can learn as ministers the development and the mistakes that we can make in the ministry. And, and what 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 I keep thinking is about when 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 Jesus called Peter to be a disciple, right? He said, Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm -hmm. that did not stay there just the fact that he became a disciple he just became a fit no this (laughs) this was jesus was talking about something deeper that would it would take years (laughs) to to for peter to learn and grasp what jesus told him at you know when he called him right you shall be fishers of men and so we can learn that's what we're doing. This is a learning. This is also what we're learning. Again, I'm getting pastoral, but I'm, I'm also learning the practical of, of things you don't do, you know, uh, of being yeah. led in the ministry of things that you do. A lot of great things happen, but you're also learning just because God uses somebody to do something, something happens, it doesn't mean he, he's, not, he's not flawless. It doesn't mean that, no. you know what I'm saying, that that that... That whatever he says is, uh, you know, un. What do you call it? What's the word? Un. Uh, unfathomable. Not unfathomable, but un, um We all make mistakes, you know. But I, I was just thinking about that. All of this well, is part of the process.
1: Yes, but just to add weight to what you're saying here. When that miracle of the man in chapter three, the man at the at the gate, was took place. We see how Peter responds to it in verse twelve, when everybody comes checking them out, right? They all—they were all looking at him uh, and wondering, what how did this happen? And in verse 12, read that to us in chapter 3, verse 12. And when
0: Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at, at this? Or why look ye so earnestly, Raoul? Why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk?
1: Okay, that's uh, where he starts. That's how he starts, you know, with that first miracle. He's like, why are you looking at me like like I had anything to do? He goes on to preach this great sermon, and 5,000 people get, right? But by the time we get over here to chapter 5, no man can endure that kind of adulation and glory and all that stuff. By the time we get to chapter 5, verse 15, he's letting people lay people in the streets so that his shadow can walk by, and he doesn't say anything. He doesn't mm-hmm. stop and go. In my opinion, it's Ow. there if we can, if we can see it. See the seduction oh, wow. of of religion, the seduction yes. of you know what
2: I'm saying. It yeah. it was so. The- let, let, let's brother Marty. Let's bring it to today's modern day preacher, the charismatic preacher. Um, there's a nat, there's a natural response of adulation from the people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, When they see the Lord healing somebody, you know, you, you know, I I do believe that the charismatic move, the healing movements were at at its very inception, you know, people were really truly getting healed and and so forth and so on. But as time went along, the adulation that came with these miracles Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. uh, and and the natural response of the people, you know, uh, especially of people that, you know, they're not really trained in the things of the Lord or taught correctly. Uh, You know, the preachers uh, didn't, these things went unchecked. Like, Peter checked that situation. He said, wait a minute, why are you looking at me? (laughs) Right. Uh, Right? But but then through time, eventually, that kind of response and isolation for the people goes unchecked by the preacher. Yes. Right. And that's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what we see in the modern day preachers today. They see the adulation, and they don't, they're not like, no, wait a minute, it's not me, it's Jesus. No, they're like, no, it's me. <laughs> My know, adult, one, right. one of one <laughs> of the big one of the biggest charismatic preachers, uh, you know, went as far as to to make a a a, a replica of of his hands, right, in in in, yeah. in front of his college, right, like it was his hands that healed all those people.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. And that place today is, is closed as a result, you know, um, right. but again, th- the, your point is well taken. I think we're seeing yeah. the same thing here. You know, in yeah. chapter three, we're, we're looking at, at, at a, at a humble Peter saying, don't look at me. I didn't have nothing to do with this. It was the name of Jesus, uh, almost another year later, uh, his shadows passing by people, they're laying people in the street and he don't say a thing. He doesn't say what is wrong with you people, <laughs> you know, no. And the truth of the matter is, is that the anointing is flowing, but you see, you mix that with, with being out of order and not obeying the commandment of the Lord, the intensity of that kind of influence of success alters your ability for discernment and and effective ministry. Just because you're having miracles doesn't mean you're in the perfect will of God. That's my point. And we see that. Yes. In what is revealed to us in verse sixteen? And yes,
2: and yes, brother Marty. People can get saved, right? Uh, yeah, and, and 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 have gotten saved, you know. Yeah. In in some of these these crusades, right? Well, preachers who were once preaching the truth, but no longer are, you know. Um, right. So it does it does happen.
1: So, so now, brother Jeremy, read to us verse sixteen.
0: There came also. A multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one.
1: Okay, so now on the surface, again, just because the anointing is flowing and, and these great miracles are happening, there's no denying that's taking place. What we are saying, though, is the Holy Spirit is writing things in here showing us Something's not right, and we see that in that opening statement of verse 16. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about to Jerusalem, and if we aren't careful, we'll miss it because the cities coming to Jerusalem is completely out of order of what God wanted for them. This is warfare in the spiritual realm at an incredible high level. The devil has, in essence, uh, so he thinks, succeeded. Because now, instead of branching out, like Jesus told him, into those cities of Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, instead, Jerusalem has now become well-entrenched as the headquarters. The cities are coming to Jerusalem as opposed to Jerusalem going out into all the world. Do you see it? (laughs) <laughs> and so, what we have? Look at it again. I don't think you heard what I said. The cities roundabout came to Jerusalem. That is not what yeah. Jesus said, brother Jeremy. Read to us Acts chapter one again. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yes, that's good, brother Marty.
1: Yes. Verse eight. Um. What did he say in verse verse
0: eight? Eight. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Unto me in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth.
1: Amen.
2: Yeah, the well, this is, is becoming like 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 the Vatican, brother. You know? That's
1: exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. All we needed was like an uh, apparition of Mary to throw in the mix. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're coming mm. from everywhere there now. And if we're not careful, we'll miss, just because the miracles are happening, we'll miss what, what the devil's doing here, is he's centralizing everything. And he's he's actually uh, distorting mm-hmm. their their call. It is such right. a deep thing, and so easily we can understand, if we put ourselves in that place, how careful we would have to walk in these situations. You know, because really, what what now happens as a result is is rather than going into, you know, Judea, Samaria, and the other parts of the earth, they've got Judea, Samaria coming to them. They're never going to leave. <laughs> and so, and so we wonder why the Holy Spirit mentions Barnabas in chapter four, because he's already seeing. And and knowing that it's necessary, I got to make my move right now. I'm going to bring Barnabas to the forefront so that I can teach and show that this is why an Apostle Paul was necessary. The enemy tried very hard to destroy the church in its inception, not through uh, some crazy thing, but through its success. He tried to destroy it through its own success, and he came very close. Because right at this moment now, look what happens. What the Holy Spirit allows to happen in verse 17 and 18. Can you read that? Then, right?
0: Yes. Then the high priest rose up, and all that, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common
1: prison. <laughs> That's incredible Think of the danger of this Think of what's going on now Because of this The entire Apostolic ministry Is in prison now The whole ministry is in prison I mean We are on the brink of the destruction Of the church right now The church hasn't even flourished Beyond Jerusalem they've been there now for three years, and now as a result of their disobedience or ignorance of the commandment of the Lord in understanding what the gospel is really all about, now they find themselves all in prison. Back in chapter three, about a year before, they were just threatened, right? Now we got death, Ananias and Sapphira. We've got fear uh, in the church and amongst the, the city itself. You've got the Peter being elevated to the status of a god, you know, walking on the streets, his shadow might 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 hit me and we'll get healed. And instead of them going to the whole world, you've got the cities coming to them. And now the Holy Spirit says, All right, you know, I gotta get their attention and he allows them to be all thrown into prison. That's incredible. <laughs> it is it's incredible. So
0: that, there we see the consequences when a ministry uh, it is put upon a man. What happened when this man goes to jail, or like, like, like Peter, right? It, it stifles yeah. everything because the eyes are on the person, right? Or the, the, the minister is the anointed one. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why a lot, a, what happens to a lot of the ministries today, um, you know, that's why they, these ministers put their sons, whether they're called or not. <laughs> and, be, but once they die, it just, the ministry dies with it too, for the most part, you know, because people had their 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 eyes on a person, you know, yeah. the anointed one, the great apostle, mm-hmm. the preacher.
2: Right. Their fame is growing. Their famous growing. Remember, and, yeah. and people are coming to them. You know, they're, they're these great apostles performing miracles, and 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 it's quite interesting because the whole what the Holy Spirit highlighted to me is like they find themselves in Solomon's porch. Yes. And, and he took me back to Solomon um where, where it says in uh second Chronicles verse nine it says and when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon
1: Yeah
2: hmm. hmm, yeah he yeah. came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem. Right? Wow. So we we see that they they are falling into the very same trap. Of, yeah. of, of Solomon, ultimately, right? Yes. Yeah. And 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 their fame is growing. Well, where's Jesus in all this? There's right? no mention. You know, where is he? Where is right. he getting the praise? Right. Right. That's the people right. are coming to we... Jerusalem to to hear them and to to listen to them and to bring the the sick and and the demon possessed, you know, to to, to the mm. apostles. Um, but that again, that's not what the Lord commanded them to do. Right, Right.
1: that's exactly right. It it was meant to go Mm -hmm. to the whole world. And, and here, that's why this situation was so vitally, uh, important to pay attention to because verse 18, now all of them have been arrested and put in prison. The entire church leadership has been arrested and put in prison. And what allowed that to happen was their inability to fulfill the great commission. There's a whole world Mm -hmm. to save here. But right here, we see the hand of the enemy, and we see the hand of the Lord at the same time. He allowed the enemy to put them in prison, but he's trying to get their attention. And so what he does now is he sends an angel to them. Check this out. In in verse 19 and 20, read this.
0: This is amazing, brother. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Verse 19, right?
1: 19 and 20, yeah.
0: 19 and 20. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life.
1: Now Check this out. So the, the very church itself stands on the brink of destruction as because they were getting ready to take out the leadership which hasn't even come close to fulfilling what the Lord said. The entire balance of, of Christianity is in prison. The very foundational stones of the new city, Jerusalem are imprisoned, and and, and and it's God allowing the enemy to, to do this to them, but at the same time, using it as an occasion to get their attention because what he does now, and this is something that requires skill to see by the spirit of God, He sends an angel, opens the prison doors, and says, now go purposely stand in the temple and talk about this life, you know, this gospel, basically. He tells them to go preach in the temple. So, listen, it's possible that one of the reasons beyond just uh, to validate the gospel to the people by preaching about this life in the temple, that it also resulted in them having to hear something that... Obviously, they would not discern, but God was going to get them to hear something. They 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 send for them when they find out. Remember, when they find out, if you keep reading, you'll see they find out. They go looking for them in the prison. They go, they're not here, and they're like, well, what happened to them? And they say, well, they're actually in the temple preaching. It drew their attention, and 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 they were told they were in 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 the temple, and so they send for them. And when they go get them and bring them to the high priest and the and the, and the elders and the, and the Sanhedrin and the, the great council, read what they say to them, brother, in verse 27 and 28. And when they had brought
0: them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us.
1: All right. Uh, It's something really interesting that he says here. And remember, uh, uh, what resulted was everything we've been talking about, they end up, all of them end up in prison. God sends an angel and says, now go stand at the temple knowing that that was going to result in them being rearrested and brought back to the council. And what they had to hear the high priest say went over their heads. They didn't even discern what he said. But one of the things that he said was if they had ears to hear, it would have triggered to them that their mission was complete and should have been complete because he says in verse 20, 20, right? What did he say, brother Fernando? Mm -hmm. What do you see there?
2: Uh, what verse are you talking about? Verse Twenty-eight of chapter five. Yes. You want me to read it?
1: Well, what do you see there? What was the Holy Spirit trying to get their attention, speaking through the mouth of the high priest to them?
2: Yeah, it's exactly what you said. That hey, you know, you do your job here. It's 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 time to move on. You right, know?
1: because he had him say he had him say what? You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine.
2: Right, mm. right.
1: But they didn't get it. They didn't see it. They didn't hear it. They should have. They should have at that point. They should have from the mouth of the high priest. He, he testified mm-hmm. to them. Jerusalem's been reached. Right. Correct. Right. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's been it's been almost three years now. Going on uh, three years now. Jerusalem's been reached. But they didn't get it. They should have been going now to Judea, and Samaria, etc. Right? Instead, look at what Peter says in verse 29. Read verse 29, brother. Uh
0: Then Peter and the
1: other apostles answered
0: and said, we ought to obey God rather than men.
1: <laughs> that sounds so holy. <laughs> and I... <laughs> You know, I've heard preachers preach from there and, you know, sweat and jump and shout. We obey God, you know. Uh, I've done it, too. But, man, over the years. You're saying it right now, too. Yeah, I know, right? Open the churches. With with
2: this virus. Open
0: the churches. I'm going to obey God more than that. I'm going to find
1: and sue the churches, right? Yeah. (laughs) It sounds so holy, right? But, Peter, you haven't been obeying God.
0: Right.
1: You're still in Jerusalem, right? Oh, see, we could get slapped around by the by the seminary set, right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this won't
0: fly. It, it won't fly in it, the seminary.
1: It's true, though. It it they, instead, they stayed there, brother. And even though, remember, this isn't the first time God would speak through the mouth of the high priest. Look it. Go over to John's gospel. Let's go over to John and, and lay this cake. That the Holy Spirit was trying to get their attention by speaking through the mouth of the high priest. John chapter 11, I think it is. Take a look at this. Let me see. It might be 10, but well, let's see. 15, Mary Comfort, not place. John 10, it's master. Let's see. let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay. Okay. Now remember, as did I say 11? Yes. Okay. This is after Lazarus <laughs> rises from the dead, and they're all freaking out, remember? And they have this big council. Read to us verse 47 uh, through through uh, through 51.
0: Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named uh, Caiphas, Caiaphas, Caiaphas. Caiaphas. Yeah. Caiaphas, Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it, it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not.
1: Now listen to this.
0: And this spake he, not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation.
1: That Jesus should die for that nation. So he didn't even know what he was doing, but he's speaking uh, by the, the Spirit it had him speak those words and, and 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 John says he was actually prophesying and he didn't even know it so the Holy Spirit inspired him to declare out of his own mouth uh, what what would actually be happening and and how that uh, that Jesus would die for the whole nation but he was actually fulfilling prophecy by speaking it so when I lay the case or we lay the case here in verse 28 of chapter 5 of the book of Acts where where the high priest is speaking to them and tells them, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. It was the Spirit inspiring him to say that. And right. it never clicked. It never clicked because they stayed there. And Peter enters into this big, you know, declaration. Well, we obey God rather than men. Yeah, Peter, but you're not obeying God. You've been there three years. And 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 the high priest is telling you, you've already completed your witness here in Jerusalem, but you couldn't hear it, you couldn't discern it, and neither did any of the other disciples. What's going to happen now is they're going to get more entrenched. What's going to happen now is, is Gamaliel uh, is going to rise up, and he's going to tell them to leave them alone. And so it's almost as if, and I don't know if you can see this, but it's almost as if the, the enemy moved on Gamaliel and and influenced him to, to let more peace come upon them because they, they continue to preach Jesus, but <laughs> in verse 41, what does it say? Can you read verse 41 and verse 42, Brother Jeremy? It says, <laughs> And they departed from the presence of the council,
0: rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name and daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach jesus christ
1: nothing wrong with that but again they didn't get it you filled jerusalem with your doctrine should have been a trigger by the spiritually discerning my god jesus told us that once we were witnesses in jerusalem we needed to branch out into judea samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth not even that So when when this peace now comes upon them at the end of chapter five, they're being allowed to exist and they continue to meet in the temple every day. They ain't going nowhere. And now things get ratcheted up, right? Because what's coming now is this dispute between the widows of the Greeks and the Jews, and it's going to lead to a young man's death. His name was Stephen. Death comes again, right? (laughs) <laughs> it's quite crazy remember you know, we... Go
0: ahead, buddy. Go
1: ahead. I was going to say remember the Apostle Paul is in Jerusalem while all this is taking place but mm-hmm. as we've seen events were heading in his direction you can see it now those of you who've been following us along this is why the Holy Spirit was going to bring it forth he had to because they weren't going to change it was going to take this tremendous persecution that would ultimately come to finally scatter them all but we'll get into this in a second but again we started today's bible study with peter in prison again on the eve of being executed in chapter 12 because from this point on stephen's going to be martyred three years into this and another 10 years or so go by before he peter even goes to cornelius's house Great grace was given to them, but they didn't recognize it. The Lord was beginning, however, to send the Holy Spirit Paul's direction. And it was the apostles' failure that resulted in Acts chapter 6 and 7, which we already went over the last couple podcasts, which was Stephen's death. More death came. And this time, it it couldn't be denied. It wasn't an Ananias and Sapphira who had entered into this frenzied joy and this egotistical giving that was occurring which caused their death and sent fear the spirit of fear amongst the city which almost resulted ultimately in in the destruction of the church before it even got started and that all the apostles got arrested right and the holy spirit tries to get their attention and then speaks to the high priest and says you've already done it you filled jerusalem with your doctrine that should have been a trigger to let him know oh my gosh the lord said after jerusalem we needed to do this but they didn't and they stayed what were you going to say brother jeremy you
0: know in in putting everything in, in perspective uh what we what we're talking about is the beginning of the church in the book of acts after the outpouring of the holy spirit and while while many miracles were done and while many fascinating things happened and and including persecution what we are studying is the undercurrent of the holy spirit of a war a spiritual war uh that the enemy you know which which you cannot just see you have to see this with spiritual eyes what we're talking about how the enemy was trying to stop and stifle the gospel And, and and that's what we've been studying you know, we, yeah. we're not used to seeing the book of Acts. It's just, oh, miracles. I oh, look at them. And they suffered for the glory. They, they went to <laughs> jail. But but yeah. what we're studying is is something, an undercurrent, the sophistic the way and, and sophisticated way that the enemy, for the lack of a better word, that he works. And really what he was trying to do, again, is to stifle the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he would not go. Let it go to Jerusalem maybe as far as the edges, maybe surrounding, as we read, the surrounding cities that came to see the miracles, but not more than that. But, you know, what we're seeing is how, and thank God, amen, thank God that we will see at the end that God would raise up a Paul
1: <laughs>
2: to yes. take
0: this gospel and fulfill that
1: mandate. Amen. And, and early on, right, that's why our attention was drawn to Barnabas, right? It's the Holy yeah. Spirit's way of of you know, turning on a tiny little light, and saying, "But wait, it's going to get really bad from here on in." He says, "But wait, here's Barnabas, and he's an integral part in the one who would put his arms around a freshly born again apostle Paul and bring him to Jerusalem and introduce him." It, it, it's 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 an irony, right? You know the story in the Book of Acts when Paul got saved, Barnabas brings him to Jerusalem, introduces him right to the apostles. That, that, and 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 it's almost as if God shows what they were meant to be, and they didn't even know it. Paul was going to be and would become that great apostle to the Gentiles, which is why you and I are talking about the Bible today. This is how important what we were discussing was. And what you said really well, Brother Jeremy, was that undercurrent of the spiritual warfare that was taking place in the early church, attempting to destroy it through success before it ever got started incredible Mm -hmm. and then we talked about chapter six and seven would result in stephen's death more death comes into the church and in chapter eight the church finally goes forth this is three years later the church finally goes forth but it goes forth in a very intense way can you read that to us, brother jeremy after stephen dies right paul's angry but God is already beginning to deal with his heart. But but what does it say about the early church at the martyrdom of Stephen? Verse one. Yes.
0: Verse one of chapter eight, right. <clears throat> and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at the time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles.
1: Except the apostles. So one way or another, the will of God was going to get done. But if you think, the three years, and even after the declaration of the high priest that you filled Jerusalem with the doctrine that you've been preaching, it's already, the whole place is saturated with it. They didn't leave. And this precious young man, this anointed vessel of God, this great Stephen, his life was required. And, and and what it did was, was scatter the church into Judea and Samaria, which is what Jesus had told them to do way back in the beginning. But it says in verse one, except for the apostles. It's incredible. Someone does go out, but again, it's not the apostles. Who goes out? Verse four and five. Therefore,
0: that they... They that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them.
1: So it's Philip and it's the persecuted church that's doing the work that the apostles should have been doing a long time ago. See, now here's where preachers will argue with us, but, but go ahead and make a better case. That is not what the Lord told them to do. And, and ultimately, if you study church history, they all left eventually and fulfilled their calling. They all died, <laughs> right outside of Jerusalem, with the exception of James the 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 less, as they call him, and then James the Lord's brother. He he was martyred there, uh, pre, uh, praying. But again, they stayed as we go on in the book of Acts. You'll see they stayed. They continue to stay. So <laughs> Paul gets saved, right, as we discussed, and the Lord brings him almost 13 years later, to Antioch with Barnabas. That's Acts chapter 11. As we discussed, Peter and the others failed to fulfill this great commission. That's what we've been talking about to the nations of the world. And that's how we end up after 10 plus years, almost 13 years later, this is the result. Can you read it to us again where we started in Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 3? Now
0: about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it, it pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened
1: bread. Right. And we know that they ended up putting Peter in prison. They kept him in prison and the church is praying for him. To get out of prison but again had he not been in jerusalem none of this would have happened james wouldn't have died john's brother they were meant to be this is this is almost 13 years later now when we're reading acts chapter 12 13 years from that position we were just talking about uh, that we just discussed this whole morning this is where it ended up a decade later peter's in prison james is dead the the church is broke Paul and Barnabas are in Jerusalem bringing an offering from the Gentile church in Antioch, right? 1130, 29, the disciples, every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which they also did, and they sent it by the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. That's chapter 11. Mm -hmm. And then at that time, it says, Herod kills James and puts Peter in prison, and he's going to kill him the very next day. That's where their ministry ended up. The entire church is decimated they're having to send offerings to them because there's no money the money dried up everything ended up here oh if we could only see it and understand it a complete redefinition of what the church really was was the intent of the gospel of jesus christ and those to whom it had been entrusted in the beginning failed miserably i'm sorry to say but it was the subtlety of the enemy. They didn't stay that way. They became the great apostles. Peter would write uniquely in, in, chapter, uh, in First Peter and Second Peter some of the greatest prophetic understanding uh, that, that you would, would want to read about and great insights. But it wasn't until many years later as an older man. And he gets into the intricacies of, of what to add to your faith to guard against certain things so that you'll never fall. And he begins to talk about what true prophetic understanding and how the gospel needs to go to the whole world. Remember when he talked about a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is the day? He began to understand the long-term big picture of the whole thing. That's at the end of his life. But at this point, again, he's in danger. And it's 13 years later. There's been a lot of death, a lot of persecution, and why the Lord continues to draw our attention to him. It actually breaks my heart. I don't think I could have done any better. I know I couldn't have done any better, you know. And but I, I relate to him because he's such a he's such a crazy dude, right? He's the one who got out of the boat and tried to walk on the water, right? And he did. He took a couple steps. You I know, mean, so I'm not trying to, you know. He's the first one who recognized Jesus was the Son of the Living God. He's the one who stood up on the day of Pentecost, you know, uh, you know tying his sandals real tight on his feet and having enough courage in the face of what he had just done 40 days before, which was denied that he even knew the Lord or 50 days before he found the courage and the healing and the, and, and the gumption to stand up and lead. He, he took the lead and we commend him for all that, but let us have a cautionary understanding of the subtleties of the working of the wicked one in how he tries to destroy the church. And how we must be uh really attuned to what it is that God is trying to say. It culminates there. And 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 let's just take another ten minutes before we close here because because I I I want to finish this out so we can get to Paul and we can get to Athens. But listen, so he's in prison, his very life is in the balance, he hasn't even fulfilled his commission yet. He's still got a right to epistles. You know, but his 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 whole life is hanging in the balance here. And and, and, and just to throw in a little side of, of humor here, let's read uh, verse 6 and 7, would you, Brother Jeremy? And when Herod would have brought him forth, the
0: same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his
1: chains fell off from his hands. See, when I read that, I was thinking about that this morning. I had to laugh because, you know, I don't know, but after all that we've been talking about, just the way I look at things sometimes, I think the angel might have had a little sense of frustration at this old apostle it says in verse 7 that he smote Peter on the side and said get up <laughs> you know I don't know man it's just how I see it it's like there's a, there's like a frustration in heaven I'm here to save you again man you know you're still here in Jerusalem you haven't gone anywhere and it's like the angel, the angel just kicks him in the side I mean, why did it say he smote him on the, why did he have to smite him there's all kinds of ways you could have woke him up I don't know. It's kind of a humorous thing to me, man. He kind of kicks him on the side and says, get up. So anyway, in in verse 16 and 17, Peter finally departs. He finally departs. Can you read that in verse 16 and 17?
0: But Peter continued uh, knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and
1: went into another place. He finally departed, right? You can do all kinds of studies, but but no one knows where he really went. You know, you can look at all the different scholars and different commentaries. They have different opinions, but really nobody knows where he went. But he left Jerusalem. He finally Mm -hmm. leaves Jerusalem. And from this point on, a new day begins to dawn. We see that in verse 24 and 25. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy? Yes.
0: But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark.
2: So
1: they were witness to all that we've been talking about. This, You know, they brought the offering like we talked about from the Gentile church, only to find that James had been slain while they were there, and Peter in, in the most precarious positions again, uh, in prison on the eve of his execution, even before his ministry is truly being fulfilled. He's got two epistles to write a lot of growing to do as the great apostle he's a great apostle i'm not denigrating him i'm just saying we can learn a lot by what he had to endure and what he had to experience but a new day is dawning and that's what we see paul saw all of this they returned to antioch like brother jeremy just read for 13 plus years the lord had patiently waited for peter and the others but now it was time for a new day paul's missionary journeys are, are about to begin now and he's 41 years old can you read that to us in chapter 13 verse 1 and 2 brother jeremy
0: now there were in the church that was at antioch certain prophets and teachers as barnabas and simeon that was called niger and lucius of cyrene and manaim which had been brought up with herod the Tetric and saul as they ministered to the lord and fasted The Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work
1: whereunto I have called them. It's incredible. A true church as the Lord had intended was now being formed. The, 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 The patience of the Holy Spirit with the apostles in Jerusalem had come to an end, so to speak, as it pertains to the commission. Paul and Barnabas returned back to Antioch, from which they left. And now they're being called to begin their missionary journeys. A new beginning to the church is happening right here. For 10 more years, the gospel would go to the Jews in the synagogues. Paul would write about it later, right? He would say to the Jew first, then the Gentile. But for 10 years, they would go to the Jews, and they would they would also preach to the Gentiles. But God would begin to develop Paul as he was called forth into ministry, and he would begin to receive the revelation. The Lord would use these journeys to finally bring Paul fully out, and the Gentile church, and the New Testament was going to be written. Athens would become the great precursor to all this. That's where we're headed, and we'll arrive there, Lord willing, tomorrow. Finally, we need to understand something. And what we see happening now in our time, I believe, and I think my brothers believe the same thing, is we are witnessing a return to the book of Acts. You see, God is calling a church out, out of the establishment. It's what he tried to do in the beginning. He's wanting his people to be the fellowship that he always intended it to be. No superstars. No great kingdom of men's religious ego, no centralized earthly headquarter. There is only one headquarter. It's the heavenly Jerusalem. And that's where we're gonna be really soon. We're praying that the Lord returns soon. And we thank God that the Holy Spirit in only as the Holy Spirit could do in his masterful way. He protected the church, even in the most precarious of moments. He was able to work with ordinary men, and even in their flaws and their failures and in all the things that we've been looking at, he yet brought them through and made them the foundational stones of the church with Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, as the Bible says. His grace brought forth the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. And that's why you and I are here today. But what would be revealed to Paul is that the church itself, it was not ever meant to be a centralized location of systems of men for control and for the greed of their own prosperity, but that the church itself would be that beautiful living organism, that city that's set on a hill, that that which every joint supplies, the habitation of God through the spirit and that the manifold wisdom of God would be made now known under principalities and powers by the church for this is the eternal purpose of God. The apostle Paul understood that and because of it, you and I are saved today and God is calling a church out like that again, right now. Trust us, brothers and sisters, the establishment is being deconstructed going to be absorbed into a one world system it's going to receive its sanction from an antichrist type figure known as the son of perdition and the false prophet revelation 13:11 but the true church is commanded in revelation 18:4 to come out from among that system that we partake not of her sins or receive of her plagues judgment is coming down on it remember jerusalem indeed received its destruction ad 70 Everyone was scattered, and Jesus had warned about it. But today, the same thing is replaying itself. The early church's experiences were a foreshadow of the ultimate and fulfilled declaration of the prophets of what would occur in the end of time, and we believe we've reached that. And why we are uh, exploring these things, most importantly of all, is so that in our unfamiliarity of what church is always been meant to be, let us rely upon the Holy Spirit as the early church did and and reach out to the Lord with your family, with your neighbors and celebrate who the true King of Kings and Lord of Lords is. The Holy Spirit is able to lead us and guide us and instruct us and we're going to need to understand that more and more, especially as the days go forward. These are those days and we pray you've learned and as we have uh from what the Spirit is saying to the church. Anything else, brothers? Hopefully we'll we'll explore Athens tomorrow because that's where Paul ends up, the very seat of democracy, as Brother Jeremy pointed out today. And there's a reason for that. The implications have reached to the very shores of this nation, as we know the coming of the Lord is at hand. Brother Jeremy? Praise the Lord.
0: What a tremendous uh, study. Uh, A lot to ponder, a lot to think about. Uh, Just speaking with Scripture, just speaking with the Word of God. And and God, yes, is moving. It's taking us back to the book of Acts. But maybe he wants us to consider, maybe not in the way that we've learned (laughs) that the book of Acts is just about, but maybe in a deeper sense, in a deeper way drawing us closer as he's coming back again we pray you join us tomorrow and we pray that you've been blessed today with this study may god bless you may god keep you and keep looking
2: up